Hello and welcome to the Unorganized and Lost podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, and I'm here to prove you don't always have to be organized to follow your dreams and getting lost isn't always a bad thing. So exciting today. I am doing a follow-up episode with Olympic snowboarder Megan Tierney because for those that listened to the first one, she was working towards the 2022 Winter Olympics and she made it. <laughs> Woo! Hey, Welcome. So happy to be here. <laughs> so crazy. Okay, so we're going to dive into basically all things Beijing Olympics and yeah. I'm so excited. I also I got a ton of questions sent in and some of them are actually just about snowboarding that we didn't actually cover too much in the first episode. So I'm kind of excited to dive in those too. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. So I guess we'll just kind of start at the top. Um, one of the questions I got was, does she have any pre-race rituals or like pre-run rituals? Like basically what do you do before you compete? Yeah, I definitely do. I'm a pretty superstitious person. So I have like kind of the same routine. Um, I always try to eat like whenever I can. I mean, I try to make sure I have oatmeal in the morning. So oatmeal start off the day. And then usually I'll do my warm up before I go out on the hill. So I'll just do like some stretching and, you know, activate my muscles. Then I, you know, get up to the course. And then I kind of like, just like sit and try to like be in my own thoughts and not get distracted by everything to try to calm myself down. Um, yeah. So I kind of do that every time it seems like, so that's, I guess that's my pre-race ritual. Nice. Okay. So uh, I don't even know where to start. I'm like way too excited about this because I, <laughs> it was so cool to see you on TV and be able to watch you during the Olympics. Okay. So it was in Beijing this year. Where was it la last time again? It was in South Korea in Pyeongchang. Okay. So what, which did you like better? Like location wise? <laughs> Um, I guess that's kind of hard because one was COVID and one wasn't, but yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, like it would be, it's so hard. I feel like they were both great. Like the places they both did a great job of hosting. Like all the volunteers are so incredible and so nice. Um, yeah, it's hard because with COVID it, it really changed everything. I mean, like the food, I know there's like tons and tons of stories going around how the food was like horrible, which I I know how hard they work, so I like hate to like bring any negativity towards that. But like it was it was pretty hard to find like a nutritious food. So we had like a lot of backpacker meals and stuff like that. Um, so that was definitely tough because at the last one we you know the food court had everything. The food court in Beijing didn't have that many options, so I think that was probably the toughest part. Um, other than that, I would say that they were like pretty similar in you know how kind the people were and how they put on the event. So I, I like don't have a favorite. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah. I guess to follow up, cause one of the questions someone got was, um, what were the biggest differences between last, the 2018 winter Olympics and this one because of COVID was food probably the biggest one. Yeah. I would say food and you know, now we're so used to wearing masks everywhere. So it's not really anything new, but we couldn't go outside without wearing a mask. Um, so yeah, I would say food and... Were you able to like mingle with as many people? Cause like, did people mingle before and then now they weren't allowed or how's that all work? Yeah, I mean, you could definitely like, if you saw like your friends in the village, you could definitely 
well, hang out with them kind of outside. It's not like you can like hang out at your house, kind of like we. Well, we were in. Um, it wasn't a house. It was like a room with like it was like an apartment kind of thing, but like you couldn't really have other people in it. Um, but like in the in the dining hall, you could definitely like, you know, hang out with each other next to like where you're sitting. But they did have cubicles for each like seat that was in there for eating. So that was interesting. So it was very hard to hear if you were like talking to somebody. You had to like scream and like scream like up and over the because it was like a gl- it was like like a plexiglass or something right between each person so wild it was crazy yeah was like during the olympics there's always like rumors and stuff that um they provide condoms and a ton (laughs) of them so that all the athletes that are getting together have them is that actually true um that definitely is true Uh, you you see them i didn't see them for a while and then i actually saw them maybe like towards the end and people like people like get them just to have them i'm like i don't know it's it's funny to me but yeah definitely they do have that (laughs) oh that's so funny so do normally all the athletes do they do you intermingle with different countries as well or do you normally just stay with americans and was that different because of covid so yeah i mean like every Olympics, like the housing is each nation. So like we had like Team USA house, which we had like our own building and stuff. So in that regards, no, but like the dining hall was everybody. So anybody, like every nation could go there. So yeah, you could, you could definitely talk to other nations. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I personally didn't really do like, uh, like I didn't really hang out with a lot of people other than my teammates, you know, oh, okay. I was just kind of there, just like focus on like snowboarding. So the whole COVID thing, besides like the food being pretty subpar or like below that, um, <laughs> it wasn't that tipping because I like kind of say to myself anyway. So it's like, especially at like races and, you know, obviously the Olympics too, like the last Olympics, there's, there's always like parties and stuff. I think that's also a, a big difference is, you know there's always parties like every night like hosted by nations or whatever so that's definitely a different thing they didn't have any of those but i also didn't go to any of those last year so i didn't even think of that when you asked me that because oh, okay. i was just like stay kind of like in my own zone so that makes sense so since you're in your own zone um someone had asked if you had met anyone new this year that um was pretty cool or great is i'm assuming that maybe that wasn't the case since you kind of kept to yourself yeah unfortunately i don't have any yeah no sorry um so what's like the timeline for your day do you actually attend any other events do you go watch anybody else or how does all that work yeah so that we didn't know too we heard rumors that we weren't able to go watch we weren't going to be able to watch any other events but um i had seen people go watch other events but I think you had to be in your own village. Like for us, we had like snowboarding, um, like half five slope snowboard across Alpine and then some like Nordic events, I think things like that in our village. The other ones were like, you know, skating, bobsled, everything like that. So I don't know if you could have gone over to the, to the other one, but I, I was able to watch some like half pipe and self-style because it was right next to our, 
um, course. So like whenever I was finished training, I was just riding down and I was able to catch some of it. Um, and I mean, it was pretty cold. So I definitely was, I preferred to watch it indoors, but <laughs> it was cool to catch some of it live at least. What was your favorite um, one to catch live? Do you think? Um, it was pretty cool to watch the half pipe. The, it was huge. So that was cool. Um, did you see Chloe or, um, I did not know. No, I did not. Nice. Um, okay. What else do we got? So you got to watch some events. Um, one of the questions I got was, did you have any fears going into the Olympics? If so, how did you mitigate them? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I think for sure I did. I think the biggest thing was like letting people down. I know that like everybody that like loves and supports me doesn't, they don't care about the results, but it's hard to really like get that through my head while I'm going out there. I just feel like I put more pressure on myself because I'm like, I like don't want everybody to be disappointed in me. So I think that that was definitely the biggest thing. And I kind of just like realized that, you know, I do know inside that they love me no matter what. So, you know, that was kind of what helped me get through that. And also like, it's easy for me to like stress out about it before. Cause I can get in my head pretty easily. But then like once I'm snowboarding, I'm kind of focused on snowboarding. So, which is, which is nice. That's good. Um, let's see here. Did you have your, did you have your own room or did you have a roommate? How's that work? I did have a roommate. Yeah. So we had an apartment, three rooms and four girls. So it was Lindsay and Faye and then Stacy and I in a room. Nice. We were the youngest we, we were sharing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) let's see here. Where do you see women's snowboarding heading? Um, what is, um, next for the sport? Yeah, I mean, I hope that, you know, specifically for U.S. girls, I, I I hope that there's more of a presence. I think that, you know, Lindsay, she's done a really great job of promoting the sport and been a really great ambassador. You know, she's been putting on these events, Supergirl Pro, and which really just tries to, like, get these young girls interested in the sport. So that's been great. Um, so hopefully we have more of that. Um you know, for the up and comers, but I definitely think that it has evolved, um, you know, with being like very inclusive in, and all the girls are like good friends and kind of wanting to like push each other in a positive way. So I think that, you know, it's definitely improved, but hopefully in the future, because there's not, not a ton, um, unfortunately. And I think that has a lot to do with, um, you know, U.S. snowboarding definitely puts a big emphasis on male athletes. So uh, hopefully that will change as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, how much has women's snowboarding changed in the Olympics since you started, like since 2018? Um, Have you noticed any big differences? Honestly, not really. No, I think the only, it's not even in women's snowboarding. I think just the courses have changed, which have made it, they've been like easier. So I think that it gives a little bit of an advantage to, to like a certain, 
you know, they're, they're easier. So if you're on the heavier side, it gets a little bit to an advantage. So, you know, I've been trying for years to try to put on weight. So that's like definitely a big goal of mine. And yeah, so, but nothing too crazy that's happened since 2018 to now. Um, someone wanted to ask where you get your speed from. <laughs> I know that question was from my dad, so <laughs> I gotta say my dad, I guess. <laughs> well, was awesome. that from my dad? Uh, Reach for Gold Foundation? Yeah, yeah that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shout out to your dad. Shout out to dad that. and mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, how many more Olympics do you plan to go for? Um, I think I'm going to try to go for one more. Yeah. So that would be 2026. Yep. In Italy. So. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. I think that'll be great. So hopefully my body allows it and my mind and yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy to think like from 2018 to 2022, I feel like it like on some parts, it felt like it flew by, but yeah. you know, looking now to 2026, it's like, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have to agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> so four years is a long time. But that's exciting. Yeah. That's, that's my plan. Okay. Um, what else do we got here? Where do you train and where are you based during the year? Yeah, so previously I was out in California uh, training in Carlsbad, but now I'm actually located in um, North Carolina. My fiance, I was going to say boyfriend, but my fiance. You were just engaged. Uh, We'll get to that because that's pretty exciting (laughs) news as well. Uh, So he's in the Marines, Special Forces, and he um, got stationed here from California. So I moved out here and we actually have been creating our little home gym. So I'll be training out of my house, which is awesome. Um, and then I'm going to have one of my friends who's a strength and conditioning coach. I'm going to have her write me a program. She's like very strong and I really feel like she'd be able to help me get to, you know, the weight that I want to be at. So that's my plan. That's awesome. Okay. Um, let's see what else we got. Someone wrote, what's the greatest country on earth and why is it America? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So America, and (laughs) there's so many reasons. I love America. It's the best. And I feel like I've had more of an appreciation for America since being with my fiance, because, you know, he served for our country. So I just am so, I don't know, like patriotic. I feel like, (laughs) I love it. That's so cool. Okay. So I forgot to ask, um, when you were at the Olympics, they give you guys so much gear and you know, you see all the try-ons, you see all the things. So what were the main sponsors that you guys got gear from? Yeah. So we got from Nike polo, um, and Volcom was our snowboarding gear. And then we got skins this year, which was, I gotta say that was probably my favorite. That's so cool. So Skims was your favorite. What was your favorite? I'm not going to lie. Those Volcom snow, like all the snow gear was so cool. <laughs> yeah, I did really like the, the jackets were pretty sick. And I mean, they, yeah, they killed it. I, I really liked it. And our, um, 
opening ceremonies camp was pretty sick too and the closing unfortunately i wasn't able to wear because i had to leave early but i loved the puffy i don't know where i'll ever wear it but it is pretty great so is it like a puffy jacket yeah it's a puffy jacket um and just so cute i love it i almost wish it was the opening ceremonies one but that was pretty cool too (laughs) that's so funny so with all that gear because they give it to you once you're there right do you just like tell them what sizes you are and then they just it's just in your room when you get there well so usually like last time you go through um like processing which is once you land you stay the night at a hotel this is what we did last time we stayed the night at a hotel and the next morning we went and actually tried everything on and i'm sure like some people saw some of the athletes in la they had that experience in la before leaving um so they were able to try everything on and change sizes for us they just had it sent there because we most of the border cross team or all of the border cross team left from europe so we weren't able to go and fly out of la um so yeah we just had everything there and thankfully pretty much everything fit me that was that they whatever had for us and then for the sizing they send out for um olympic hopefuls they'll send it out like six months prior or forget when i did it but they'll send out like your sizing info and whatever else for the olympics so that's how they have your sizes so how do you get it all home yeah that was crazy because they gave us how many bags did they give us three three duffel bags yeah so three duffel bags and i came there with the duffel bag and board bag so i had five bags to carry back, oh they give you so bags hectic. to get everything oh, yeah. back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which Wild. is nice so now i have like tons of bags but yeah that was that was crazy i think the worst part was um because i have people help you get it to the airport in beijing and then i transferred over in newark and i had to take two of those carts and like wheel them like this like side by side one hand in one and one in the other which is hard to control so that was tough but i can't complain i mean i have all this like amazing gear but it's definitely hard to getting it back and yeah (laughs) so um you were talking about it earlier before we started, but you were saying that, so in 2018, they gave you, did they give you just as much gear or was it less gear? What was the difference between 2018 and 2022 gear wise? Yeah, I don't know. I do think that, you know what, actually, I don't know. They had to have given us less gear because we only had two duffel bags. So, okay. but it didn't seem like it. It really didn't seem like it. I, Maybe it's just my bad memory, but yeah, I think that I love all the clothes this year. They're so cute. Um, yeah, I love them. So I'll wear them a bunch, which is nice. So this year was better than 2018, obviously. I think so. Yeah. Nice. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to ask you? So I guess to give a lowdown, you getting to the Olympics, how many days was it until your first race? Um, I think we were there like almost, uh, eight days, I think. So, which was nice. We had time to adjust, um, and yeah, just kind of like relax and not just like jump right into it. We could, um, 
go snowboarding and just like free riding for a little bit and just yeah enjoy just like the village life because i feel like after the competition it kind of just like it's like okay i'm ready to go home you know yeah so it was nice to like enjoy that before do you guys get to run the course before the race yeah so we had two days of training so i think maybe like an hour and a half to something like that each day um and we are able to inspect the course and then train so yeah we had some time on course which was nice oh that's cool i didn't know if you guys had to go in blind um no so you, no and was... usually at like normal oh sorry no what? go for it nope i was just gonna say normally at world cups we, we just have one day of training so we were able to get two days of training which was nice that's cool do you train alongside other um, Olympians outside of your team or is like each like team the get their room. own time? Yeah. Everybody goes. So like men and women too. So you can, you can train with whoever, if you want to like do a training run with anybody, you just ask them and. Oh, yeah. okay. Got it. Um, so how it worked was you were there for eight days. Then you did your first race and the first race was, it wasn't qualifiers. It was just putting you in your guys' seed, right? So that is qualifiers. So we, it was all in one okay. day too. Um, so we had qualifiers oh, in the wow. morning. Yeah. But it was nice. We had, I honestly like that better because we had like a nice break in between us. We had like a couple hours before our heats. Okay. So we had qualifiers first and then we went into finals and yeah, I'm definitely not the best qualifier. I think that's like more about like mental, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, Oh, cause you're just going by yourself. Think- yeah, just by yourself. And I definitely like push myself way more when there's like people next to me. Um, so I always seem to be on that bubble spot. So they take, there was 32 girls and they take the top 16 to you're just through to the finals and you don't have to do a second run. And I got 16, which I always seem to be on the bubble. So like, this is typical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so then heats were, later on it was nice to have that little break and eat and kind of just like recover because it was a very tiring course i mean it doesn't really look like it on tv i don't think but it was long and oh it did look yeah, tiring, tiring don't worry <laughs> yeah i'm like <laughs> it was. this is so long yeah it was so i guess explain kind of what your sport is and kind of how it works because does it is it normally that you race by yourself to qualify and then you do the races in that yeah yeah bracket exactly so mm -hmm, yep so you'll do a time trial and then which your place will feed you into the finals so you know i don't know because i try not to pay attention to the numbers like i think it's like one it's like first goes with you know 32 and 16 17 i think that's what it is actually yeah yeah. i think that's that's what most yeah yeah and then like two whatever you know so that's yeah. how that's so it's like a bracket it. system with heats yeah. that it's four people racing top two move on exactly. every single yep. okay every single heat yep okay yeah. so you made it through qualifiers in top 16 so you didn't have to do the second race is that a huge deal um some courses no but i think for this one i think it was definitely you know just like saving my energy was really good because like my legs were dead after each run i was like oh my gosh um i really felt 
So in that regard, yeah. But in, in some courses, like it, you know, it doesn't really matter. And for most World Cups, you know, we, we have them the next day. We'll have qualifiers and finals in the next day. So you have that time to recover anyway. Um, but that, I, I do think that it was, it was like better to only be one. Yeah. Okay. So you made it in top 16 for the qualifiers. You go into the first round of 32 and you got in second place. So you move forward. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Was it like, okay, we made it like we're on to the next, like, what was that feeling of, was it stressful that you got second and not first? Or is it just like, I just need to get second so that I move forward. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you always gotta have the mindset to like, not, cause you don't want to risk anything just to like come in a heat and first, because it really doesn't matter unless you're in like the big finals and to try to like do whatever you can to be in first. But I, um, yeah, I, you know, that one was, I mean, that was awesome. I was definitely really glad to have, you know, gone through. Of course, I felt like if you, if anybody watched, so it was a little bit windy. So it was kind of like, do you want to stay in the draft? Like I was, I was getting kind of close to Michaela. So I was like, oh, should I like pass her here or should I just stay in her draft? And, you know, I kind of made a call to just stay in her draft, which I mean, obviously I, I made it through, but I think in some cases it probably like made it a little worse because I, I think I lost a little bit of speed trying to just stay in her draft instead of like going ahead. And then I got a little tangled up with one of the Swiss girls. She kind of like went and like, Is that that here or the right second one me. that you did? It was the first heat. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the Swiss girl, she kind of came right into me and yeah, it almost looked like I put her in a headlock. <laughs> I think some of the some of the um, angles, you know, some of the TV providers didn't really show all the angles, so it definitely looked like I was at fault there. But um, yeah, no, I was happy with uh, that heat. So yeah, I was gonna ask if it um, looked worse on TV than it did when, like, what when what actually happened. <laughs> um, it was interesting because, like, we were like. We were there and I was like, I don't know why I did that. Like, I think that was just like the way that my body was like holding my, like holding up. I don't, honestly, I don't really know, but yeah, no, that I don't think it looked any worse. I think that's like how it was, but I think that the angles like didn't properly show her like coming into contact, you know? So got it, it, like, yeah. I mean, I got a, I got an Instagram comment on my Instagram being like, so dirty American style or something. And I was like, I just, I never, I don't like to comment back on things like that, but I commented back. I was like, you should watch the replay. And then he was like something like, Oh yeah, they just didn't do a good job of showing it or they were silent. So I thought that they were trying to like, I'm like, whatever. Like, (laughs) so. Oh boy. That's gotta be fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so then so you went you got you made it through you got second and top two move forward you get into the next mm-hmm. heat which was top 16 i believe or yep. yeah top something like that um mm-hmm. so how was that race uh yeah so i mean the whole like week or i mean the, the couple of days that i had been on course the start was challenging for me mentally because you know i felt like i have been like very strong in starts so if i ever have like a little mess up i definitely get in my head i'm like why are you not doing this like so it was i put a lot of pressure on the start and then 
I kind of figured it out on the on the actual race day. I had some help from one of my teammates who was um, like he's a Spanish rider, but he and I. It was kind of like saved by the bell, like last minute. I like finally figured it out, but I, the start really got me. And I got my fiance was watching, and he, I guess he said that they didn't really show the start. He was watching it through Peacock, so maybe some other providers showed it. But I didn't have the best start, so it was it was pretty hard to try to come back. I was in fourth after the start, and then was able to pass the girl in third. And then it was kind of just too much room to make up, um, unfortunately. Yeah, so, I don't think I don't think I saw the start to be honest. Now that you say that, because yeah. I don't remember seeing you get behind in the start. Yeah, which is yeah, which is unfortunate. So what happened? I do feel like I, um, I do just, they have gates? No. Do they like come down? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So they'll have individual gates, and they they drop them down all at the same time. Um, but I just knuckled the feature and it was a pretty like imperative feature and it just slowed me down too much to where I was just in the back. Um, so, I mean, I was proud of myself to be able to like make up that much ground, but I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, Oh, if I just didn't have like a bad start, like what would happen? I mean, there's always those what ifs, but yeah, I really felt like confident and, my riding that day other than like my little mistakes in the start but you know it's I'm grateful for the experience overall I just like it's always those like oh I just wish I didn't mess up the start and seeing what could have happened like you know maybe maybe I wouldn't have even but like just knowing that you know I made up so much room and uh, those what ifs really get yeah. me <laughs> I, I, I can't even imagine. That's so, that's so crazy. Um, yeah, were you so up against like two of What's the that? top five people in that seed too? Or like that heat? Wasn't that yeah, heat it was, insane? It was, it was Michaela and then Chloe and Chloe went on to win the silver medal and Michaela is the previous gold medalist. So there, it was definitely a tough heat. And then one of the Canadian Zoe, she's also a great rider. So it was definitely a, definitely a tough heat that's crazy um so i'm trying to think what else we got for you um so you finished so that day did the whole entire everything finish that day also so you actually yeah, obviously yeah. got eliminated because you were top three instead of top two um mm -hmm. how did so the rest of the heats played through after that yeah yep so the rest of the heats went on and um yeah, and then Lindsay, another American girl, she won it, which was awesome because she has been in the sport. I mean, I was talking about how she's been a great ambassador. She's been in it for a while, so I think that she really deserved this one. So, which was awesome to see that. That's exciting. So, are you are you yeah. guys fr like friends? Do you guys normally train together, or how's all that work? Yeah, Lindsay's definitely one of my good friends. I like she when I was around like twelve, she coached me. So we've known each other for years and years. So. Um, and I lived with her for a little bit in California with Lindsay. I, I believe she's on the national team, right? Yeah. Yeah. She okay. is. She's on the so last time we talked, um, last time we did the interview, you had talked about not being on the national team and kind of working towards that, or you just weren't on it yet. Are you, did you make it towards that? How's all that work? Yeah. So I actually, I got a nomination to be on the team and 
I turned it down. I mean, I turned it down for multiple reasons. I, you know, I love working with the coaches that I've been with for years. I think that they've helped me get to where I am. So I, you know, on one hand, didn't want to leave them, especially at a time like right before the Olympics. I wanted to, you know, make sure I got there and not have any confusion with switching coaches or whatever. And also, you know, I think that it's been like tough for me with the US team. I think just like mentally with one of the coaches, um, I think that he, you know, has taken out whatever he feels towards my dad um, on me. And, you know, a little, a little background on that is my dad has been, or he created a um, foundation to try to raise money for, you know, younger up and coming athletes, because it seems like the U S team doesn't do the best of job doing that. So he was just trying to help. And, you know, also he exposed a few things at, you know, the U S game snowboard association that they clearly did not like. Um, and, you know, it was pretty clear that he was taking it out on me. I think that, you know, it, I was even talking to my fiance about how it's kind of hard to put in words. Cause I try to like put that so far deep that it doesn't affect my riding, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's, it's been, it's been hard because, you know, for example, I made the team and I, if you look at the criteria, you can go look up the criteria for snowboard cross and the, how big of a difference it is to make the team as a male versus a female. I mean, is is crazy to me that that's still a thing. I mean, there was two guys that made the national team and it's no hate to them because they're great snowboarders, but they didn't even have a world cup spot, but they made the national team. So, and, and, you know, the reason they made that was because, so it's snowboarding, they like under world cups, uh, they have Europa cups, which is European cups and then norms norm cup, which is North American cup. And so they made the national team from getting results at a North American cup and they hadn't had any prior, um, I don't think they ever qualified for a world cup. And that year was one of my best years and they made the team on criteria and I made the team on discretion. And he told me that it was a hard sell to discretion me to the B team and kind of like laughed it off. And I was just like, I, I don't want to have a coach that truly doesn't believe in me. And I don't think has the best, has my best interest at heart. So I think it was a pretty easy decision to stick with my coaches. I mean, I love my coaches, so I was really happy with my decision. Interesting. So is the national, I remember you were on the B, were you on the B team at one point or is that what you're currently on? No. So I was on the development team, like the rookie team. Okay. And yeah, so I'm no longer on that. It was kind of like a choice of either being on the B team or nothing. And yeah, so unfortunately I didn't get any funding from the team. Gotcha. Um, not that I got any from the rookie team anyway, but um, yeah, so just kind of had to fund it my own way. And my sponsors were great. I've got some good sponsors, Virtue Financial and then Jim Curley, which have been a huge help in getting me, you know, to the Olympics. So that's incredible. And because you stuck with them, that means they got to go with you, right? 
No, unfortunately, there weren't any spectators allowed. I wish that would have been awesome. Um, so nobody was able. Did they to... get to go to eighteen? Um, well, they, I, they were just new sponsors for me this year, but um, oh, okay. my family was able to come with me last time, which was so great. So hopefully, if I make it in two thousand twenty-six, my family will be able to be there, and they, they won't like. I don't know, stop people from going. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be so much, that's gotta be so much better. Was that a huge difference not having spectators with you there this time? Yeah, I mean, it's, at World Cups, we're not like super used to having like a big crowd anyway, but I think just having my family there was really awesome. And you know, my family and my fiance came out to a race in Italy and it was so great having them out there. So I would have loved for them to be there too. And it's just such a great, you know, experience to be able to share with them. So yeah, hopefully that happens in Italy. That's so in 2026. Cool. Well, yeah. fingers crossed. I think you're going to do it. Um, Thanks God. And you're yeah. getting higher up than the bubble. We're going to get you off that bubble and just get you higher up there. That's good. Um, so. Okay. So another random question that we got a little more lighthearted question. Um, and I think you kind of answered this in the last um, episode, but um, is it common for women snowboarders to also skateboard and I guess, or any do any other board sports? Yeah. I mean, I do think it's common, um, or like surfing kind of, I personally don't do a ton of skateboarding. I'm not very good at it. I try to surf also like not the best cause I don't spend that much time being like consistent with it. So, but I definitely think that it's helpful, you know, like a lot of people do pump tracks on a skateboard, which I definitely need to get into because there's, you know, it's rollers and it's similar to border cross. Um, so yeah, I would say so. And so, someone asked, what's your go-to hydration, Gatorade, et cetera. What's your go-to other than just water? Um, hmm. Yeah, I, definitely like to have like little oh you know what i love this is a little free advertisement for noon hydration i do love them they're i like their hydration little tablets those are great that's so cool okay so we're gonna circle back and we're gonna talk about how the fact that you just got engaged right after coming back from the olympics uh, I know. Oh my gosh. It was so 2022. Crazy. So exciting. <laughs> 2022. And we're going to get married in 2022 as well. <gasps> That's so exciting. Yeah. I'm so, um, it was so crazy. My fiance is such a little sweetie. <laughs> so tell us how it happened. So, um, I got back and we were just like, you know, I was recovering for a few days and then he was like, Okay, I was gonna surprise you. Well, okay, this is like giving up my my TikTok because I made a TikTok and I have fifty my TikTok. So any of my listeners don't come at me. My my <laughs> listeners, your listeners, but don't come at me because his plan was to wake me up in the morning and be like, you have to pack. But that wasn't the case. He gave me a day because he knew that I would have wanted to like pick out a cute outfit for like the city because he knows like anytime I like go somewhere I want to have like a cute new outfit that's just like something that I like to do so and he wanted to like make sure my nails were done which I was like I'm, I'm cluing in I have <laughs> been here um and so yeah so we 
went the next day and I didn't know where we were going until like the car ride. And I was playing this song that happened to be like totally on accident. It was like, it was like New York city was in it. And he was like, did you like play this on purpose or something? I was like, what are you even talking about? And then he recorded me and he was like, guess where we're going. And then it started saying, and I was like, Oh my gosh. So yeah, so we go to New York City and we were walking around Central Park and he proposed and it was so sweet. Oh, he flew out one of your photographer friends, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, he flew out my friend Kate and she took the most cute pictures, beautiful pictures, and it was just like the best setting. And it was actually funny too, because we did it on the top of these steps and this random woman, she happened to take a photo of us and she's like i have these photos of you like i'll email them to you it was so cute oh my gosh oh that's adorable um so where are you guys getting married we're gonna get married in chapel hill which is like three hours north of us that's yeah. awesome how exciting oh i can't wait 2022 <laughs> big year yeah okay <laughs> is there anything else from the Olympic village or the Olympics that you can think of off the top of your head. That was something that was fun to share. Um, I mean, pin trading is always so cool. I got some cool pins this year. Um, do they give you pins to pass out or how does that work? Yep. So they give you pins to pass out and then you just like trade them. And I love doing that. And I think it's so cool. I still have mine from 2018. I think it's just something so cool to like hold on to. Um, yeah. So that was awesome. That's a really cool thing to collect. Um, when I used to, well, when I've traveled, I was the first time I ever did it, I was 20. And so I thought it'd be a really great idea to collect shot glasses. First of all, <laughs> I wasn't even old enough to drink yet Two, I don't really drink hard alcohol. So I'm not really sure why I thought that'd be a good idea. And <laughs> I never take shots. So, and Dude. it's like the worst thing to take home with you when you're backpacking. So I just picked the absolute worst tourist thing to collect so pins would have been really smart (laughs) you can't stop now you gotta keep going exactly i i have a lot of shot glasses (laughs) you'll never use them no um awesome so is there anything else um exciting coming up in snowboarding i know you're kind of taking a break from coming back from the olympics but what's kind of next yeah um I think next is just like World Cup season and then World Championships are also next year. So, but I'm so excited to have a break. It's been a, it's been a long year with like COVID and everything. I mean, I had a COVID scare right before the last two Olympic qualifiers and not a COVID scare. I had COVID positive COVID, which was stressful. Oh didn't test positive for like three months after or something. So it's like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't test positive and Beijing after this so that was crazy but it was just a long year like mentally and also just like physically too so I'm so excited to have a break and like have a little wedding planning time and some time with my fiance so exciting when when are you guys getting married um we are getting married December 10th 2022 so exciting have yeah. you already started wedding dress shopping and everything? I mean, you just got back. <laughs> yeah, no, tomorrow I 
was going to wait for my mom to come in. I'm going <laughs> just shopping by myself just to like get an idea of like what dresses I want. And then because we're, we are kind of coming up. So I'm like, I need to like get the ball rolling. So I'm going solo and I'm going to FaceTime my mom and yeah. And then she's going to fly out cause she works for United so she can fly standby, but she wasn't able to come this weekend. So she's going to come in a little bit whenever she can to try some on or not, not try some on, watch me try some on. <laughs> <laughs> you're, my, you're like my mom's reliving her wedding by wearing her own wedding dress <laughs> yeah, she actually asked me if i wanted to wear her wedding dress and it was like back in the i don't even know i don't want to say the wrong like decade but it had like those big puppy sleeves i was like oh i think i'm okay <laughs> thank you so much for asking <laughs> yeah, they, love you mom if you're listening i know she will be listening so i love you mom <laughs> that's awesome well, thank you so much for doing this. It was so cool to be able to hear about the Olympics and kind of your experience with it all and, you know, all the differences with COVID and everything else. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks for having me. Of I love doing So fun. Well, here to prove you don't always have to be organized to follow your dreams and getting lost isn't always a bad thing. Bye. Bye. <laughs>